You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is going on, 49ers fans? And welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman. Now, I thought this would be a fun idea. We just concluded, you know, the recent draft. And what I wanted to do was step back and just kind of look at all the, the changes, just from a philosophical standpoint, really, on how John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who both are brand new at their jobs, right? Uh, John Lynch was never a GM. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was never a head coach in charge of personnel decisions, which I think he is. Uh, that still hasn't been clearly defined, whatever, but we all know Kyle's the man running the, the whole plan. John has a lot of input, obviously. But what what's the evolution? Because this draft approach in 2021, or 2022, sorry, is completely diametrically opposed to what happened in 2017, 2018. So I, I, you know, just staring at, you know, spreadsheets and positions and schools and all these things, just trying to find commonalities and things that have shifted from perhaps the first four years to the last two. And, and I think, I think it tells a story. So that's where we're going to be focusing the meat and potatoes of this show. And shout out to the countdown crew. I love it. I see you coach Cruz. I see you Torres. Appreciate everybody for coming by. Um, and if you have questions, drop those in the chat. We'll, we'll get to as many as we can. But the first question that I want to talk about, and this is kind of what's been on Twitter and social media lately, and, you know, terrible talk shows, whatever else. Uh, Rasheen, he asked me on Twitter, he said, can you address the Trey Lance noise slash rumors in reference to the coaching staff being underwhelmed with him? Um, all that kind of stuff. So a couple things. Where did the information come from? You always got to start there because information is not the same. Uh, some people, what are they selling? All those things. 1,000%, this is all clickbait. And, you know, it doesn't help whenever the 49ers have their own clip clickbait, you know, podcast and whatever else that's out there that just help put all this out there, whatever. But the idea is this is complete garbage, okay? I'm, I'm not even going to say the source, which most people have never heard of him anyway. Um people pressed him, you know, what, where are you getting this from? Where's this information coming from? The idea is that, you know, the 40 hours coaching staff is quote unquote underwhelmed with Trey Lance. He went on and kind of outed himself and said, Oh, well, 
I'm getting this from what Adam Schefter said before they drafted Trey Lance. That's what it came from. His source was a source that was wrong before the draft. You remember the whole Mac Jones at three thing and all that BS, whatever. And he literally outed himself. But of course, nobody runs with that. So <laughs> again, th this cat who's a jack wagon was quoting Schefter, who was wrong a year and a half ago and brought that up to support his idea that they're still underwhelmed. I mean, it's just complete buffoonery, but of course that's what catches in today's thing. And it's, it's, it's a shame that it's like that now where perhaps you could go the other way. Okay. Here's a little bit of a real source and that's Rick Scangrello who is no longer with the 49ers. Thankfully. Um, I was not the biggest fan whenever he got brought back. I was not the biggest fan when he was here originally. I was not the biggest fan whenever he went to Denver. I was not the biggest fan whenever he went to Philly. And not the biggest fan of what he's doing now. I, I don't I don't think that he – I got some flack on this because I, I tweeted out, um, you know, without Kyle Shanahan, Rick Scangrello, like he's not what he is today. You know, curtails are important. Be careful who you hitch them to. Rich guessed correctly. Now, he's been coaching for a long time. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just telling you, that dude is nowhere near an NFL quality control quarterback development coach. This is not what he is. The proof's in the pudding. Did Jimmy Garoppolo improve from his first five games from the 49ers? I don't think so. Um, did he ever even teach his quarterback not to take big hits, things like that? And again, you could put some of this on Kyle. I don't have a problem with that at all. But I don't know, man. I, I Just not a fan. So here, here's what Rich did. He goes on a couple different podcasts because now he's a recruiting trail because he's working with Kentucky and all that stuff, right? So he's got to get his stuff out there, which is great. He's probably a great dude. I don't care about that. That's not my issue with him at all. My issue is he made it quite clear on a couple different podcasts, if you piece together what he was talking about, the things he likes in quarterbacks and the things he doesn't. And the things he likes in quarterbacks, he basically said everything that was Mac Jones, right? Um, you know, comes from a bigger program, you know, does this, does that. Things he didn't like, uh, it was more Trey Lance. Talked about small school guys and, you know, not really his thing, but Josh Allen was an exception. Basically just came out and said he didn't really like what Trey, the Trey Lance traits and he really valued the Mac Jones traits, uh, the Kirk Cousins traits, those types of things. And so that's what it is. That, that, that's that's basically all it keeps coming from. And that's it. And so uh, what's up, Nick? Glad to see you here, man. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's all conjecture. And the idea that, hey, man, this might be a reason why he's no longer back. I don't, I don't care what the reason is. I'm glad he's gone. I wish him success. Hope all good things. But I don't want to coach the 49ers. I don't want him working with Trey Lance. That's just not it. Okay, let's put it the other way. What is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch saying with their actions trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Why would you try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo if you felt that way? Why? You don't do that. I, I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense with the people that are making the decisions. And that's the issue, right? Coach Cruz, he says, I keep telling people just listen to what the locker room is saying about him. Yeah, listen to Jimmy Ward, right, who is the most opinionated person that we don't get to hear very much from. He'll tell everybody, I don't like this, I like this. And guess what? He talks about how Trey Lance pisses him off. Why? Because when he was the scout team quarterback last year, he would infuriate the defense because he would just make these unreal throws and then stare them down. All of his teammates love him. There's no doubt about that. Um, now, do all the teammates love Jimmy? Sure, 100%. 
And so it's, and here's your question. Okay, here, I'll, I'll be very, very honest. Why from 49ers faithful? Why do 49ers always have the most drama with the media? We have drama in our media. We have people in our media that literally like go after and target players and belittle them repeatedly. Um, that's the issue. And so it fosters from that. And, you know, in a world full of Skip Baylesses and Stephen A. Smiths and whatever, like, it's sad, but those people get the biggest bites of the pie. And it's just what it is. But as long as those people still have access and all that stuff, and it's not even like this generation. It's the previous generation, too. Um, some of them come from the same family, but it's what it is. It's it's frustrating, but drama sells. And so they're going to keep selling it. That's why we're here. We're here. We're we're not we're not a drama podcast. We're not gonna be a, a drama podcast. That's just not what we want to do. We want to increase the fan experience. We want to increase the community, right? That's what we're selling. So that that's what we got on this show. And I'm glad you guys come with these questions. And you know, we'll always kind of provide the context, the bumpers, if you will, to keep the logical arguments and and discourse uh, for this community in check. Because so much of it's just so much BS. And, you know, it's it's bad, man. Ne- and negativity sells. I'm seeing it in the chat. I'm seeing everybody throwing up the same writer. Yeah, I I, I know that's what it is. And I, I hate that we have that here, but it's not going away. And even if that person did go away, somebody else would say he's got, like, a whole troll of minions that just – I mean, anybody that says, like, all SI uh, now or whatever, the 49ers channel that Sports Illustrated, which used to be – the pinnacle of sports writing. I, I remember being a kid getting my Sports Illustrated thing and just being like, this was the best part of my week. I was going to read every article two to three times, thought it was incredible, all that stuff. Now, I mean, it's just a joke. It's kind of like ESPN. Uh, those things just, golly, credibility. They just threw it out the window and just said, hey, whatever you can get people to click on, that's all we care about. And that's kind of the clowns that they've got working on those things, which is frustrating. It, it's sad. It's sad, but... Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Anyway, Nick, he says, what's up, my brother? We have a great locker room, and they told us Jimmy days were numbered when they drafted Lance. It's trade time. Yeah, 100%. Any of that stuff, you can run with that, whatever, but eventually it's going to get you caught up. Again, those are all the same people that said, again, we can go through the same. They all said Mac Jones at three, right? They all said, guess what? We're we're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo last year before the season start. The same people said we should trade George Kittle. The same ones that said Eric Armstead's not worth it. The same ones that said John and Kyle were at odds with each other and fighting. They're the same people. The same ones. Every damn time. It's the same ones. It's an absolute joke, man. You, you just get <laughs> it, it, it's it's just what it is. Um, yeah, and yeah, here we go, Boomer. Uh, do you think Trey can develop into a primary pocket passer? Yeah, I think he can, and I think John Lynch even said, or Kyle Shanahan even said, we saw those traits in him. He navigated the pocket very, very well at North Dakota State. Now, did he rely? Yeah, they were a offensive option run team where it was zone read and a lot of designed runs. No doubt about that. But if you look at Debo, right? Debo had six receiving touchdowns last year. Three of those receiving touchdowns came from Trey Lance. Trey Lance played 10 quarters. I, I mean, it's there. Now, can he move outside the pocket and elongate some plays and all that stuff and improvise? Sure, sure. But, I mean, even Jimmy tried to do that, right? Jimmy would escape the pocket from time to time and try to throw on the run. Um, he was kind of good at it at times. But, yeah, there's no doubt. Trey Lance has all those tools. He's so smart, um, and he works harder than everybody else off the field. I think that's one of the things that he can. But it's going to take time. He just turned 22. I think today's his birthday. He's 22 years old, guys. He young, young, young. Um, anyway, so let's transition now away from made up whatever narratives to let's talk about the evolution of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. It's hard to kind of separate these two from each other because they're both the head of the 49ers front office. And so whenever I say this front office, those are the two guys I'm talking about. Adam Peters, you can include in that. Parag Morante, you can include in that. All those guys, that's kind of the brain trust that is the 49ers, right? Um, and, and kind of what that is. And a real quick couple questions um, before I guess we get to that. How much of an impact will Anthony Lynn make from a coaching standpoint? I think it's huge for Kyle Shanahan to have somebody with a lot of experience on his side that's a former head coach. I think that's one thing that you know Kyle's been missing and I think would be very, very important. I, I love that. Um, I'm a big Anthony Lynn fan. I've been very consistent with that, very consistent with my support of that hiring. I loved it. Dan Case, appreciate you, Dan. Uh, very positive guy, always interacting. I love it. Uh, I think I'm starting to understand the tweets this week about the media folks that only value content creators as much as they can get something from them. Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating, man. Uh, it, it's just kind of the way that it goes, unfortunately. But, all right. Let's talk about John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and how things have changed, okay? Because I think that they have learned, adapted, and moved forward. The first year they were here, they were trading all over the place. They had six trades in 2017, just during the draft. They traded six times. 
And some of those were positive, some negative, some were meh, right? You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But I think most of them were negative. Now, look at it this year. How many trades? Zero. They didn't trade one damn time the entire draft. And so I put together just a list. I went through all the trades since 2017. Most of them draft day trades. Uh, included some player trades in there as well because I think that tells a story. Right? Okay, so here are the positive trades. Okay, the positive trades. Um, and then we'll get to the negative. Then we'll get to kind of in between. But I want to start something positive. Um, positive. I think the Mitch Trubisky trade back from two to three was positive. Did they pick the right picks? They didn't. Right? Solomon Thomas, while Watson and them were there, you know, Mahomes is there. No, that was terrible. But they did get Fred Warner out of it. Uh, I think that was huge. And, you know, they did get the capital to trade up for Pettis. That was a waste. But I think the trade itself, the value that they got in picks, was very, very good. The execution of those picks, very, very bad. Outside of Fred Warner, you got an all-pro linebacker out of it, so it's not like a complete wash. Um, positive, man, probably one of the best trades that they've made since they've been here. They traded edge player Dakota Watson and a six-rounder to jump up to the fifth round and got Dre Greenlaw. That's unreal. And again, even that first year, they had a whole bunch of edge guys, and they trade them. That's one thing I could see them doing this year. We have so many defensive linemen. I mean, no way all these guys can be kept on the roster. So I could definitely see us doing that again this year, um, packaging an edge rusher to jump up for a pick next year, something along those lines, once we get close to that 53-man, because it's a premium position, and we have a lot. We got the spoils. And you get Drake Greenlaw for that. For Dakota Watson, who I think maybe played half a season after that, and now we got... Drake Greenlaw. On top of that, even if this is Drake Greenlaw's last year with us, you're going to get a comp pick next year for him. Or you sign him long-term and you've got, you know, an amazing one-two. Whether that's disease, doesn't matter. That was a positive trade. Also, the trade-up for Ayuk, that was a great trade. Now, they gave up the trade for Ayuk. Number 31, 117, 176 to get Ayuk at 25. But no player that the Vikings, that's who we traded up with, got anything. Jeff Gladney was kicked off their team that year. DJ Wanham, nothing really special. KJ Osborne, who was the last pick at 176, he's the best player. He's like a wide receiver four and special teams guy. But, like, yeah, we definitely got the best of that one. And then the Trent Williams trade, which is kind of insider trading. Kind of cheated on that one because Kyle drafted him number four, and Trent Williams basically told him Minnesota wanted him said, no, I'm not going there. No matter what, I'm not going. So we got him for a fifth and a future third, which, again, we hit that one big time, big time, big time. Um, let's see here. Quick question. Do you think um, our run game will be as good as when McDaniels? I think it could be better. It's going to be different. It's not Mostert, Brita, Crazy Speed, Tevin Coleman. That's not what it is now. It's much more methodical. Move the chains. We're a first down run team. And they, again, one of the shifts with Shanahan is instead of those smaller four, three, four, four backs, he's going bigger backs now, whether that's Trey Sermon or whether that's uh, TDP. So, like, it's not going to be the same thing. And now you've got the added element of Trey Lance, a mobile quarterback that can keep it and extend drive. So, I think personally, the evolution that's taken place, right? Look at McDaniels. He's gone now. What did he do? He traded for the one of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. He signed Raheem Moster. He's all about that speed. That's what McDaniel wants. That's what he wants to do. Now you're looking at Kyle Shanahan here. He wants sustained first downs, long drives. That's what Shanahan wants. So it's going to be different. Can we still be a great running team? Yeah, look at the guys we drafted. We drafted some Maulers now. 
Um, just finished a breakdown before I went live with you guys over Fordham offensive lineman uh, Nick Zakil. Um, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's hard to get Fordham film. <laughs> uh, that That's an understatement. But if you want to catch that, that's going to be up on Patreon. I'm going to load that um, after this goes live. Should be up later tonight. Again, we're recording this Monday, 5-9. Uh, but that's going to be up. We've got Patreon breakdowns. We're going through the entire draft class several times over. Might not be able to get a lot more Nick Zakil film, though, just because it doesn't exist. Uh, they don't have cameras up there. I'm just joking. They do. But <laughs> anyway, if you want to support the podcast, best way to do it is through Patreon. And we have our Sunday, this upcoming Sunday at 4.30. We've got our a Zoom session that we do once a month, which is so fun. The Jerry Rice tier members over there, I freaking love it. Really, really excited about that. So we're going to be hanging out, talking about favorite draft picks, all that kind of stuff, position battles to look forward to. Really, really excited about that. Uh, and you know what? I'll just put this out there now. Um, next week, I'm taking my seniors uh, that are graduating on a trip to the East Coast. We're taking them to Boston and New York for about six days. Uh, but uh, So not going to have a lot of live shows next week, obviously. But I'm working double time this week to make sure that I have content throughout the entire week. So the channel's still going to be full. The podcast's still going to be full. You're going to have a lot of stuff. Just won't be live shows. Uh, they'll be pre-recorded. So working double time right now. And then tomorrow, of course, we got the John Wayne Show which who doesn't like the John Wayne show, man? Uh, freaking one of the best people in the business, Wayne Breezy. Excited to have him on. Um, so, all right. A couple other questions real quick. Who is the odd man out in the running back room? I'm in a minority here. I think it comes down to these two guys, Jeff Wilson Jr. or Hasty. One of those two guys. I know I, I know it's weird. I just I know that Shanahan brought Hasty back. They loved, I mean, uh, Wilson back. He just won't give him the damn ball. And so that's why I'd say one of those two. I think Sermon's safe just because of how cheap he's going to be long-term. Um, and I don't think you give up on a running back. You trade it up in the third round that fast. He looks good in the offseason. So I think it's it's down to Hasty or, um, yeah, Wilson, but probably Hasty. One of those two guys, if not both. If not both, to be honest with you. It depends on what TDP can bring in pass protection, which, in my opinion, best part of his game. So you kind of look at what that is at yeah, Wilson or hasty. I think those are the two guys Four hours faithful. He says, man, our old line is so shaky. We got a lot of guys, a whole bunch of guys. And again, we don't even know if our center's coming back or not. Alex Mack. We don't even know. I think he is though, but man, we've got a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of bodies. You just need one or two to pan out. And so it, there's a lot of guys in that room. If one or two pan out, you're going to be okay. And I, I could see us doing something very similar to what we did last year with Jalen Moore and Condon, right? Where you rotated series until one of them proved they wanted it more, and that was Condon. And so Jalen Moore, you go to the bench. And, you know, it, Shanahan's not a big, oh, this is your job guy, unless it's quarterback or, you know, corner or something. Even corner, he pulled corners. So I think it's going to be a meritocracy. It's going to be an absolute battle. And one of the things I'm looking forward to most whenever we got mini camps and all that stuff, training camp, who's getting snaps where with what team? Is Aaron Banks getting all the left guard snaps with the first team? Is he rotating, right? Who else is getting center snaps besides Alex Mack? Is Brunskill in there? Because Alex Mack's not going to be here for mini camp. I guarantee you that no matter what. So who's getting center snaps? Is it Jake Brindle? Is it Zakil? You've got a lot of options there. So it is a mess. It is shaky, but you have the depth, man. You have the depth. You have the depth so much. It's all there. It's all there. Nick, 
He says, man, my concern about this is the drafting running backs way too early. Remember Joe Williams, Sermon, now TDP, not to mention signing McKinnon. There's some bad luck here uh, when drafting higher. Yeah, you're right, man. And <laughs> Nick was with us in Vegas when that pick was announced and everybody was just shaking their head. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about running backs in a little bit. So I'm going to I'm going to shelve that one for now. Let's get back to we talked about some trades that went well for the Niners. Let's talk about some bad ones. Uh, the Reuben Foster trade traded back up into the first round. It was the right film. And it's just the wrong human being. Um, it just wouldn't fit. A trade up for Joe Williams. That was the worst trade ever. That was the worst. Never had one carry with the 49ers like Nick just mentioned. And what makes it even worse the Colts traded back with us and they got Marlon Mack who was, you know, solid till he had a couple back-to-back injuries, but that dude was a stud running back for a long time. Trade up for CJ Beathard. Eh, I don't think that was bad. We ended up getting a comp pick for it, but definitely not a franchise quarterback. Trade it up for Pettis. Right film, wrong mindset, wrong headspace. Now, he's not going to be in the NFL probably past this year. Traded that second for D Ford. Right film, wrong medical check. You see what I'm getting at here? You can justify a lot of these trades. It panned out. It didn't pan out for a certain reason. What is that? You know, medical, off the field stuff, uh, mindset, headaches, issues. Figure that out. It's different for all of them. Trade up for Trey Sermon. Yeah, right now doesn't look good at all. Traded back for a punter. What the hell was that? At least you traded back for him. Um, trade was still bad though. You lost that one big time. Uh, don't, don't draft a punter in the fourth round. Traded back for Aaron Banks. We'll see. Definitely didn't look good. So those are kind of the negative trades. And then there's a couple man trades, right? Um, the trade back from 13 to 14 to get Kinlaw. They were going to take Kinlaw at 13. They got a couple extra picks that helped them trade up for, for Ayuk. Yeah. Worfs is incredible. Um, but that's why I put it in the man category. We don't know on Kinlaw. What if he comes out and is what you hoped he would be after getting that surgery done? Still waiting on that one. Uh, traded Brita for Colton McKivitz. All right. Traded Marquise Goodwin in a 2026th to jump up to get Charlie Warner. I like that trade. Uh, he's our tight end too and looking pretty solid all in all. I'm pretty excited about Charlie Warner's upside. He has just continued a slow redshirt rookie year and then took the job from Dwelly and just kept running with it. So, again, to where they are now. No trades this year. If you were watching the live broadcast of day two, I was constant. I was on repeat. I could see him trading up for Drake Jackson or Nick Benito. I could see him trading up for Drake Jackson or Nick Benito. Both fell. They stayed at 61, stayed put, got Drake Jackson. Uh, by far the best pick of the draft, in my opinion. Um, I'm excited. Just let them fall. So, back to this idea. Where were they? Trade, manipulate the board, all these things to where they are now. Nope. You know what? We're at 61. We're going to let 60 players go ahead of us, and we're just going to chill. We're just going to chill. It's a change in behavior. It's a change in philosophy. Now, will it pay dividends? We got to wait and see. What's that going to look like, right? Um, It's so... Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, uh, that was, again, thank you, Matt. He says, the Rams inside uh, traded for Stafford, right? Everybody was saying it's a done deal. All those people, even though Kyle Shedhead said, yeah, we never even made an offer. They told me I had another day and went to bed and the trade was done. Like, we never even had an offer for that. The Tom Brady stuff, like, golly, man. There's so many. There's so many people (laughs) in here that are just, like, say stuff. And it's just like, come on, man. Eventually, like, as a teacher, right, you give a report card. This is where you are sufficient. This is where you are not. You need to increase here and that. 
come on, man, hold these people accountable, guys. Uh, just just say what it is, man. Some of these guys are just a joke. Yeah, the Emmanuel Sanders trade. I didn't include that. That was a win, right? We gave up a third and a four. We got back Emmanuel Sanders in a fifth. Even though he was a rental, we definitely needed him. That was great. The mercenary, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He just bounced around the league with different Super Bowl contenders. Um, that's just what he does. It's just what he does. All right. Now, let's talk about what Nick brought up and running backs, okay? Because, again, whenever Ty Davis-Price got picked, running back from LSU in the third round, everybody was upset at pick 93. But, I again, I kept telling everybody, we're going to get a running back early because I would argue, and this is just my personal opinion, when the running backs have been out with injuries, they have stalled the offense more than any other position. More than when Debo or Ayuk's out, more than when Kittle's out, more than when Kyle Juszczyk's out, even more when the quarterbacks are out. You remember when Jimmy went down, Nick Mullins could move the the ball just well. No issues. He just turned it over too much, right? But when running backs go out, this offense stalls. That's why you had to put Debo back there. So I understand it from that. Now, taking a running back at pick 93, you could say third-round pick, but let's be real. It's pick 93. It's, it's at the back end of the third round. Are there players available there, whatever else, that could have helped more? Sure. But, again, stick in the division. Look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a complete rebuild. They drafted a running back number 41 this year. That's 42 spots ahead of – I'm sorry. <laughs> my math is terrible. 52 spots ahead of where we took them. So, yeah, like is there a difference between a second and a third round running back? For sure. But, like – we got the fifth running back off the board. It's not like we jumped up and went and got somebody, whatever else. The Seahawks took somebody 41. Now, I'm not using that to justify. I'm using it to provide context. If Kyle Shanahan does not have faith in a running back, this offense sucks. Look at whenever Trent Cannon was back there. Look at when, I mean, we had Alfred Morris started the very first game with the 49ers when Kyle Shanahan stepped in because of injuries. We've had so many injuries. And again, what are the issues? that will stop the 49ers from winning and the 49ers offense moving. I've said it all year. Make Trey Lance comfortable. How do you do that? You go spend your second pick on a running back, your third pick on a wide receiver, and then you draft two more linemen. I get why they do it. I'm not saying I agree with it. I understand the logic behind it. Yeah, Joe Williams was a miss. There's no doubt about it. Trey Sermon, probably a miss. Can we say the same thing about where they are now? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Lucas, is Brian Greasy an upgrade? Yes. Uh, and again, I'll say this. We don't know. He's never coached. So from that standpoint, I don't know. But I can tell you what Scangrello is. And so from that, I'm saying yes. I'll take the field, boss. <laughs> I'll take the field. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with that. If, if for no other standpoint, Greasy's job when he was drafted was to take the place of John Elway. So he's been through that with the locker room that loved Elway, multiple Super Bowls. He can help Trey Lance with that, take it over for Jimmy G, if nothing else, even if Jimmy G's here, right? Um, so that standpoint alone, I'm cool with it. You know, Kyle Shanahan said Brian Greasy is probably the smartest person he's ever been around that knows about quarterbacks. He uses, you know, hyperbole a lot like that, but, you know, we'll take it. We'll see what it is. We'll take it and see what it is. Now, another thing that I think is an issue is injured players. Now, if you look at the last two draft classes with the 49ers, they drafted one player 
with a sustained injury. If you want to say Ken Law, you want to throw that in there, whatever. Uh, again, Ken Law, that's two, more years ago. So never mind. That doesn't even count. The last two drafts, 2021 22, one player, and that was Kalia Davis, who they took at the end of the sixth round, pick 220. And a big reason why they took Kalia Davis is because next year, next year, they have four defensive tackles currently on the roster right now on one year deals. So Kalia Davis is a redshirt pick at 220. Right. The question they always have is, and they always say, how do we get these players on our roster? Are these players that can beat somebody out on our roster? And I think a lot of times they'll say no. They're they're gonna sit there and say no, they're not. And Kalia Davis has a pathway to make the roster where he can start off on the NFI or the pup, um, and then you know, next year or the middle of the year, step up. He can completely be redshirt because you got four defensive tackles on one-year deals. You're not keeping all those guys. You're not going to resign all those guys. Now you have a contingency plan, which is the same way that they've been drafting on the offensive line, um, you know, wide receiver, all those different spots. It just makes sense. So the last two years, that's the only injured player that they've drafted. Now look at the drafts before, the four before that. And then it gets kind of bad. Ruben Foster injury history, right? Traded for D Ford. Joe Williams had retired injuries and family stuff. Kentavious Street had injuries. Julian Taylor in injuries. Nick Bosa even had a couple injuries, right? Uh, Jalen Hurd, good. That didn't work out. Tim Harris, Ken Law, like good gosh, so many. They've completely just bypassed that and said, "All right." Uh, we're not messing with that. And I know I, for one, I still got PTSD going through all those balky drafts where it was just like, good gosh, this dude's filling out scouting reports in the medical ward because everybody's hurt. So you got one guy, Kalia Davis, that's it, that has an ACL. And it's at a position that, again, there is no way he could make the roster right now, but he doesn't have to because it's a roster exemption because he's going to be on the NFI list. So... Even that whole thing, all right, all right. Oh, Dan, I didn't put this in there. I apologize. I love this. He says, part of the Lynch-Kyle transformation has to be the new willingness to invest in special teams. Yes, you are 1,000% right. Ray Ray McLeod, right? George Odom. You go get these guys that are going to step uh, Burks, Oren Burks, and you pay a premium to address positions. But whether it's the drafting of Hufanga, who's now going to be, looks like the starting safety, I, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Even the drafting of Mitch, like which has just gone so bad. But you're right. You know, Shedahead allowed his college teammate, Hightower, who's coached with him for his entirety, to walk out the door. Like, that's what I'm loving. It's about getting that ring. Special teams, even though they won that one game for us in Green Bay, which was awesome, was just trash, or I'll bring back one of my favorite words, abysmal, nonstop for five years in a row. And so that's one thing I'm excited to excited to see, the development there, because it's got to change. It was so bad. It was so bad. And so now I think that's going to be better. Uh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, Tank Carradine. Oh, Kali, thank you. Uh, was he in this? I don't know if he was in this. I think that was a balky pick. But yeah, that take carrying and that that one that one hurts. <laughs> that one hurts. Now some things haven't changed, right? So we talked about some of the issues that they have changed and developed. Whatever else, think that's consistent. Defensive line first always. That's just what it is. Now two exceptions: Mike McGlinchey, and then the trade up for Trey Lance. Outside of that, every single first pick of the draft has always been defensive line. Solomon Thomas. Well, that was a miss. 
Nick Bosa, that was a hit. Javon Kinlaw, we'll see. Drake Jackson, we'll see. They value that position. They value that position. Now, what do they not value? And I talked about this and probably been on Twitter arguing with this one more than almost anything else. And the idea is this. Um, they don't value safety at all. They do not value safety at all. Listen to this. This is crazy to me, at least through the draft. Okay, let me put that on there. The highest safety that the 49ers current front office has ever drafted was Tarvarius Moore, who's still on the team at 95. However, <laughs> they moved him to corner immediately. They drafted him at safety, moved him straight to corner where they wasted a year and a half of his rookie deal, then moved him back to safety, then he got injured. Um, so they didn't draft him 95 as a safety. Then they drafted Marcel Harris 184 and cut him before the initial 53 man, brought him back, played like half a season at safety, and moved him to linebacker. The only true safety, and this could change, that they have ever drafted, ever, was Talano Hufunga at pick 180. That's it. Pick 180. They don't care about safety. Now, you could say, well, they had Joukowsky Tart and they had Jimmy Ward there before they came in. You're right. They love Jimmy Ward and they have paid him as such. Tart, okay, he's gone now. A lot of people are still saying they should sign him. I don't think it's going to happen. No, we have four safeties right now. Okay, you're only going to keep three of those. And if you bring in Tart, now it's even more crazy. You're not cutting Jimmy Ward. You're not cutting Odom. Right, you paid him a huge contract. You're not cutting Talanoa. You know, maybe Tarvarius Moore is the odd man out if you do bring back Tart. But again, you're not keeping four, four safeties. If somebody gets injured, that could change. But again, he's still out there on the free market for a reason. He was super cheap. I think we got him for like uh, it was under two million last year. I think like almost a vet minimum. Like he's just sitting there. So it's not like they're in love with Tart any longer. He's done great things. He's with us for seven years. Tart was great, but. I think they're ready to move on. And the fact that everybody kept saying, oh, they're getting a, they're going to draft safety first overall. They're going to draft, you know, with their first pick. Uh, no, man. No. I understand they met with Jacoby Brisker. I get it. And he was a fun player, but that's just not really what this team does. And they must love uh, Hufunga because there's no competition there. Hufunga's starting, guys. Y'all can say Odom, whatever else. Odom even said, they signed me for special teams and to be safety depth. Like, that's Odom's words. Maybe he works his way up there, and I'd be very happy if he did that. But I'm telling you right now, Funga start. It's not even up for debate. Um, yeah, Adrian Colbert was a seventh. Was he with us as a seventh? I don't, and again, he was a DB. He was a corner prospect that they moved there. Um, yeah, maybe he was a seventh. Didn't we draft him? What year was he drafted? Can somebody find that for me, please? Uh, I don't want to be incorrect. I don't want to give out wrong information. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is if I miss something. And again, yeah, Jimmy Ward's great, so you just need one other safety. Um, But yeah, that, that's a rough one. Oh, I love this. Coach Cruz. Huff is my next jersey purchase. I love it. Yeah, he says 2017, so we did draft him there. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that, Celestial. I love it. I love it. So anyway, all that being said... I am excited because I think one of the downfalls, my biggest critiques of this coaching staff, namely Kyle Shanahan, um, 
I hate how he plays people out of position, which we're going to continue to see. That's just what he does. Um, he'll draft them at this position, never played it, move them to that position. He's going to continue to do that. Nick's a kill. He's going to do that. Spencer Burford, he's going to do that. He's going to do it with a lot of guys. I don't like that. Number two, I do get concerned that he gets so arrogant at times um, that it makes it harder for him to change. And so a big reason why I did this whole podcast is kind of to prove myself wrong, that he is making changes. He's firing friends. Right, he's getting rid of people that with major philosophical differences in Scangrello, and he's doing it in a way that's not even firing them. He's allowing them to go find other jobs. The only person he did fire is the one they asked to take a pay cut and then moved on from Embry. But that's that's a whole nother story. But I'm seeing changes, and I think that that's important because Kyle Shanahan's a first time head coach. Even though we're six years into this now, he's still a first time head coach. And so I, I think that's something that's important. And seeing some type of development and analyzing and adapting is very, very promising. I love that. Um, now, um, this week's going to be big. We, we've got the schedule coming out, which we already know one game, baby. And that is the freaking Mexico City game. Monday Night Football versus the Cardinals. We're going to be there. Uh, it's going to be incredible. We're working on putting together packages for that now. Uh, staying in the same hotel. Trying to get rides to the stadium together. Whether it's a bus or something along those lines. Uh, and staying in a nice safe area. And just party and just have a great time. Um, so if you want to join us with that. Or any of the road games this year. Head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Again, that, that schedule is going to come out. Thursday so that's where we're going to get all that and that's where we're going to see that and so we'll go live but again we're going to be road games galore 49ers rush road trip that's where it's at I'm so excited man uh, a lot of positive things the NFL just keeps us rolling and I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful for you guys appreciate you guys checking out the show if you haven't already hit that subscribe button we got content out the wazoo coming and if you want all those detailed breakdowns head over to patreon.com 49ers rush podcast uh, patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast that's where that's at but until next time as always stay strong faithful Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.